welcome to Living in the Way. Living uh, in the Way. I'm Todd Hunter and I'm here with a good friend of mine, Chris Morley. Chris, uh, in the early days of your faith, mate, you walked down this path a little bit with, with me as far as discipleship is concerned. I, yeah, I certainly did. And it didn't look like a, a teaching course or anything back then. You hadn't put any of this down on paper. It was just how we did life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's uh, the point, of course. Yeah, exactly. And uh, for for those of you that are listening, um, I'm guessing if you're listening today, you're listening because you're a new believer mm-hmm. and uh, someone's put you onto our site and has got you listening to this stuff. And I'm sure they're going to have a conversation with you as well. But uh, the idea of this is to give you a chance to hear from me, hear from us, yep, and uh, learn a little bit about the basics of the faith and following Christ. And so today's session is called Be Sure in Whom You Have Believed. And uh, the idea of this session is that... As a new believer, we want to be sure that you really understand what it is that you've stepped into. But first of all, we want to congratulate you for choosing to follow Christ. Yeah, you are a new creation and you are about to discover an entire world that you didn't know existed. It's awesome. It's amazing. So, Chris, why don't we start off? I I want you as a listener to have a think about why it is that you chose to follow Christ. What about you, Chris? Why did you choose to follow Jesus? Okay, so I grew up as an atheist, and I've only been a Christian for the last, uh, maybe, what are we now, five, five and a half years. I think it's, yeah, nearly six years. Uh, and, and the reason I chose to follow Jesus in the end was because I could no longer deny that he was, in fact, who he said he was 2,000 years ago. I fought it, and I struggled, and I tried to think my way and reason my way out of that, but at the end of the day, truth is truth, whether or not you want it to be true. Uh, and so after I had had all my tantrums and hissy fits, God was still there <laughs> saying, it's okay, I was waiting for you to get all that out of your system, and now will you let me love you? And I, I, I eventually just fell sobbing into his arms and said, yes, Father, I thank you for welcoming me back. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I imagine that you're, uh, uh, as a listener, you've gone through some kind of experience that's uh, been transformational and uh, it's all very warm and exciting for you. And I just want to want you to know how excited I am for you yeah. too. There's one thing I love, it's spending time with new believers. So I'm looking forward to spending this time with you. But in doing that, I I have a bit of a job to do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. So I've got a responsibility as a spiritual leader, as a bit of a spiritual dad of this community. I've got a job to ensure that you really understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So we're going to have a look at some basics around that, mate. We'll uh, we'll talk over a few scriptures mm-hmm. and uh, uh, let's learn what it really means to be a follower of Christ. So what's the first scripture that we're going to have a look at is uh, John 3.16. It's the one that they hold up at the football game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, 
Yeah, let, there's a verse that usually follows on after that that is not commented on. We're going to have a talk about that today too. But uh, nice. Why don't you start off by reading that out for us, man? Yeah, John three sixteen and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the question then is, what does this perish mean here? And what do you think we're saved from? Perish. Well, it's death, isn't it? It's destruction. Um, It's the end. It's the ultimate end. I think perishing, um, it's a, such a, well, such a nonchalant sort of word. We just chuck it around. But I think the gravity behind it, when you start to unpack what that means, to actually die, to actually be destroyed and for it all to be over, um, should be on everyone's radar. <laughs> yeah. To be something we're all thinking about. And as for what we're being saved from, I think everyone knows that. A lot of us live in denial. Everyone knows that there are bad things that we do. Sometimes we mean to do them. Sometimes we don't mean to do them. And we'll, when we do things wrong, when we, when we sin and we didn't mean to do it, we're often asked that question, well, why did I do that? That's not me. I'm not like that. Why did I choose to act that way in that moment? And we start to get a, a, just an inkling that there's something, another force working in our lives yeah. that we're not in control of. And sometimes it controls us without us meaning to. Yeah. And so really that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you mentioned the word sin. Mm. It's probably worth uh, unpacking that. Yes, a it bit. is in this day and age. It certainly is. Exactly. So, sin is anything that is against who God is. Uh, for example, God is the truth, and He always tells the truth. He never lies. Mm. So, lying. Is a sin. sin. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's against God. Um, so there's a number of scriptures that uh, if you're listening, you might want to go away and have a look at. Um, if you've got a, a pen and paper with you or you're listening on your phone, you might want to open a notepad. Just take these down and you can go and have a look at them for yourself. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, and Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. But what we do know about sin is that we have all sinned, but God has shown his love for us even while we were sinners. So in Romans uh chapter 3, verse 23, and chapter 5, verse 8, we, we read in verse 23 that uh, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Yeah, that's pretty massive. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, who's prepared to die for their enemies? Yeah, exactly. People would say, oh, I'd die for a friend, I'd die for a loved one, my family, my children or my partner or you know, my wife or whatever. But who's, who's going to get up and take a bullet for their arch enemy? Like, that's yeah. what he did. Yeah. 
And yet we can't escape that every single one of us, before we know Christ, are sinners. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you don't have to teach a child to lie, do you? You don't have to teach it to be bad. You have to teach them to be good. Yeah. Because being bad is just everywhere and they just do it. And they pick it up. We all do. Yeah. So what do we do to deal with sin? Well, what we've read is that first start that Christ has, has dealt with it by dying for us. And that's something that we'll, we'll unpack a little more as we go along through this journey. Yeah. But what's our response or what do we need to do to step into this? Well, we need to repent of our sin. So, Chris, what, what do you think it means to repent? Repentance. You know, I first thought that the idea of repentance was that it had something to do with melancholy or um, it had to be weeping and gnashing of teeth and wailing <laughs> and, 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 and openly showing how distraught you are at what you'd done. But my favorite definition of repentance was um, given by a six-year-old child who, um, you know, some people went into a school and interviewed children, asked them questions about God and Someone said to this little boy, what, what is repentance? And he said five words, and that's all you need, five words. He said it's being sorry enough to stop. Wow. Being sorry enough to stop. That sums when it up. When you realize you're doing something bad, you, we know when we do things wrong, and sometimes we lie to ourselves and we say, ah, oh, it doesn't matter, or it's okay, or I'll just yeah. let it pass. We'll forget about it. He won't remember. We'll be good. And then other times you do something and you think, oh, I just, I should not have done that. That's not who I want to be in the world. Yeah. And that's what repentance is. It's being sorry enough about what you did to just stop doing it. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. never going to do that again. I'm never going to treat a person the way I just treated that man or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Being sorry enough to stop. That for me is repentance. I like to keep it simple. I, I love that. I think the, the, the thing is, is that we all know that part of it is, of course, uh, being sorry. Yeah. You know, that, yes. that apology yep. and feeling feeling bad and feeling sorry is definitely part of the equation. Yep. But I love that, that it's not just being sorry. It's being sorry enough to stop yeah. that. That's it. And that, that's brilliant. Yep. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Because yeah. it's so easy to remember. Five words. Yeah. And, and you're right. Being sad about it. Those emotions are there for a reason. They're not, those emotions aren't wrong in and of themselves. God gave us our emotional range. And those negative, what we call negative emotions, still serve a positive function because they're meant to let us know something is wrong here. Something yeah. is out of alignment. So you feel the sadness or you feel regret or whatever the case may be, depending on what you've done. Um, and that's meant to lead you back to that place of realizing that the solution has been given to you. You just yeah. need to reach out and partake of it. Yeah, and I think one of the things to the, the the biblical concept of repentance is to actually not just stop doing the wrong thing, but to now actively start moving in a positive direction away from that. Yeah. So let's wrap a, a bit of scripture around this. We've got um, two scriptures there that we can have a look at on this this subject. The first one is Acts chapter 2. Verse 38, you want to read that for us? Yeah. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Which I love because there's that positive direction. You know, stop doing the things that you were doing wrong. Be baptized. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's start moving in another direction. Yeah. Chuck a Yui. Chuck a Yui. Chuck a Yui. That's, that's it. 
And uh, Matthew 4. Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, that idea of kingdom, that's something yeah. that you're going to hear so much yes. about, especially in this community. Mm -hmm. We love the concept of the kingdom. We, now that you are saved, you are part of the kingdom of God. Amen to that. And that's part of that whole positive direction. <clears throat> it's not just that you got saved. There's this whole life in the kingdom that you're about to step into. And that's what this series is about, is helping you to, to really get into that journey. So I've got a couple of other scriptures for you to go away and have a read for yourself. Uh, have a look at 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, and Luke chapter 5, verse 32. So as we've been saying, repentance is not just about saying sorry to God, but choosing to walk away from and reject anything that goes against God and pursuing instead a relationship with him. So that's what repentance really is. Now, another element of truly being saved is the idea of confession or public confession. Now, confession is not crawling into a box in a Catholic <laughs> church, talking to a priest behind a curtain. Mm -hmm. Confession, when we say confession, uh, there's two ways that we can use it. <clears throat> the first is about confessing your sin. But the second is about confessing your faith. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have a look at a scripture on that. Um, Romans 10, verse 9 and 13. Yeah. If you openly... Oh, so let me try that again. Romans 10, chapter, uh, Romans 10, 9 to 13. <laughs> um, yeah, all teeth today. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. That's crucial, that verse there, verse 10. Yeah. Verse 11, as the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jews and Gentiles are the same in this respect. They have the, the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Right. So there is an expectation of sharing your faith with others, and that's what we call confession. Hmm. So how about you, Chris? Have you told many people about your choice to follow Jesus? What was it like when you first got saved, when you maybe started <laughs> telling family and friends, for instance? It was tough, man. I'm not going to lie to you. It was hard because I was an atheist. I came out of the world of atheism. I had all atheistic friends who I'd quite deliberately packed solidly around my life to support me in my frail house of cards that is atheism. <laughs> no offense there, I'm just having a dig at the system, not the people involved in it. Um, and, and so I got, suddenly got saved and I've got the Lord and creator of the entire universe living inside my spirit with me. Uh, and so I'm a very different animal now to the people that I hang out with. Mm. And so I started telling people at first very sheepishly and very with a lot of fear, not knowing really how to say what I'd experienced because... You know, the, the tenets of atheism is, first of all, you deny the, the existence of spirits and, yeah. um, and even the soul that, you know, modern evolution and modern uh, evolutionary psychology teaches there's no such thing as a soul. There is only the physical. Yeah. There's only what you can see and touch and measure you know, with a scientific method. So the idea that my inside me had been changed somehow, I couldn't articulate well enough to fit into that paradigm anymore because yeah. it's not in that paradigm. Yeah. It's external to the world of science. And so I had a lot of trouble. But... I stepped out in faith and I fumbled a few times and I got ridiculed a lot by people who I thought 
were my friends and family and loved me uh, turned on me in a you know turned on a diamond were instantly narky and hateful and spiteful and because I challenged their their core value yeah with my story of what had happened to me and so I was immediately the enemy unfortunately yeah now um, it's gotten easier as I went along because the more I learn who I actually am now the less their opinion matters to me yeah their opinion of me it doesn't form who I am anymore uh, yeah. My opinion of me comes from who God says I am, not who they say I am. So I can stand. They, they still ridicule me. They still mock me, but it doesn't stick anymore. Yeah. I'm Teflon now. Yeah. Right? That's the <laughs> That's difference. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, God has built that faith in me. Yeah. You know, there's, there's probably someone listening right now who has uh, or is going through. Most that, assuredly, they probably nearly all yeah, are. Yeah. And, and, you know, here you are. You're so excited. You're so full of joy about what you discovered and you go to share it with others and they look at you like you're an alien yep and it does hurt yeah um how about if we just stop for a second we we just pray for the you know the ones that are listening that's a good idea yeah go for it bro yeah 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 father god right now i lift up to you everyone who is a new believer in your name who is listening to this podcast right now i call your spirit to the front right now New believer, I call your spirit to come alive, maybe for the first time in your natural life. Mm. I call the spirit that God created before the foundation of the world to come to the front and witness to the truth of who you've always been, Mm. that you will have the courage, you will have the understanding, you will have the boldness, that you will open your mouth and the Lord God will fill it with words that will impact those people around you to, first of all, understanding what you're saying and to, second of all, being open to that experience for themselves because that's the point. Everything God gives us, he gives us to give away to others. Mm. He doesn't give us for ourselves. He gives to us for others. So, Lord, I just declare right now for every one of these believers that they will have new wisdom and new insight, new peace and new understanding and new courage in their faith in you based on the testimony that they have of your involvement in their lives to witness to those around them in their spheres of influence, in their metron, in their world, Lord, that your word would come powerfully forth through them to affect others, bringing all to the glory of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Well, another phrase that uh, you're going to hear kicked around a lot in your faith in in Jesus is to be born again. Mm. This is a good and, one. Uh, Love it. Yeah. So, uh, well, Chris, before we have a look at the primary scripture around that, where Jesus himself uses that term, uh, do you want to give us your take on what, what does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to be born again? I tell you what, before I was a Christian, before I was back when I was still an atheist, I always had this sense that there was something more. Uh, the fingerprints of God are all over our hearts. They're all over the world around us. We can't yeah. deny it. We're just lying to ourselves if we try. Yeah. And I, I'd always had this notion in the back of my mind that the life I was living right now was something similar to the life I lived in the womb. There was a whole other world ex- outside of that womb that I wasn't aware of. Yeah, and that um, when I was born out of the womb into that world, I was effectively dying from the world of the womb. I looked like I'd left it and was gone forever and that was it. You know, never to return, but I'd actually been born into something far more real and tangible than anything I'd known inside the womb, mm. right? And so I always paralleled that to this life. And then I came across, I got saved and came across these scriptures that talk about being born again. And this sat really well for me mm. because I'd always believed that there was something after death. I just never knew what it was. And so yeah. this suddenly gives us that snapshot that you need to be born again 
you need to be born a spiritual being, just like you were born a physical being, yeah. in order to you know inherit the kingdom of God and all the other promises that go with it. Yeah. And so it clicked with me straight away. I went, this is something that I've had rolling around in my gut forever yeah, and never had language for. And here it was written down thousands of years ago and then handed to me in a leather bound jacket. Wow. Yeah. And, great. and I'm sure right now your own spirit's leaping inside of you. I certainly hope thinking, so. Thinking about what's happened in your life and you're going, yeah, I know that there is something that's transformed in me. I'm a different mm-hmm. person. And, and we just want to affirm you in that. You really are yes. a different person and Yes, We're just going to have a look at one. There are so many scriptures ah. that you're going to find that that affirm you in, in this idea of being a new creation in Christ. And especially as you get into the book of Romans, you're mm-hmm. going to, to uh, find out so much about that. But let's have a look at, at what Jesus said on, on this subject himself. We're looking at John chapter 3 again, um, this is just before he, he made that statement that everyone in the world knows, John 3.16. Yeah. This is in the lead up to it, and he's talking to a man named Nicodemus who was, uh, as we're going to read, he was a Pharisee, it's like being a spiritual leader and um, city councilman, all yeah, kind of wrapped right. into one. And this guy comes to talk to Jesus. Um, So I'll let you read the scripture, Chris. Yeah. So John 3, verses 1 through 7. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Wow. So for you, this is what has happened to you. When you chose to follow Christ, is that you have been born again. There is something inside of you that has come to life that, that's, that wasn't there before. Mm. And, and now, you, having gone through this spiritual birth, you are no longer the same person, the same creature that you were before this event took place. Yeah. So you are literally... It, this is not just... It, it's not like you've signed up for for a gym membership, you know. <laughs> this, this is literally something has transformed in you and you are no longer the same person. And and I just I want to help you kind of start to grasp this idea that it, as you walk away from, from this podcast today, that the thing that you take away with is I am no longer... Who I used to be. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a really important thing to lay hold of because if there's anything that Satan and his devils are going to want to do is to tell you that nothing's changed. Yeah, that's right. That'll be the first lie that comes against you. Yeah. Can I, can I yeah. just drop one? It'll kind of end up being a teaser comment for some of the sessions that come later. But I just want to clarify something here. When it talks about being born of the spirit, the Bible tells us that humans are made up of three parts, a body, a soul, and a spirit. 
And then think of them as concentric circles. The body in scripture is referred to as the outer man. It's your flesh and bones. Mm-hmm. The, the soul is referred to as the inner man, uh, the inner place. Like that's your mind and your emotions, your thought patterns. But the spirit itself is referred to as the hidden place. Okay. So when you think, oh, hang on, I, I didn't feel like anything changed. You're not going to feel it. Okay. This is a part of you that's been hidden up until now, but we know from this scripture that it's come alive now and it's been united to the spirit of God. Okay, so just because you go, I didn't feel anything happen, you may have felt something happen. Some people mm. have profound, deep experiences, and other people just go, oh, well, I didn't actually feel any change. I don't feel any differently. Uh, trust me, you have been changed. You have been transformed. You are no longer who you were. Yeah, and those outer sections are going to catch up in due yes, course. Yes, they will. They will, because yeah. now what's inside you can be put in charge and affect what's on the outside. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, we want to encourage you to just continue walking in this. This is an amazing journey that you're on, and we're so glad that we get to walk with you. Yeah, this is good stuff. And uh, because this is a podcast, you might turn around and flick the next one on straight away, or it might be a few days before you listen. But whatever happens from here, we want you walking away knowing that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Yes, indeed. You've been born again. The change is absolute, and you're, you're just starting the journey of discovering it. Stick with us. We're going to love to journey this with you, and we'll see you in our next session. God bless. All right. See you later.